Well, happy Friday to all. You know what this means, right? Yes, the weekend is approaching, but also it's time for another edition, the first one of this year of the Speaking For Him podcast. I'm Adam McNutt, alongside the host of the program, Mr. Andrew Gamison. Hello, Adam. It's great to be with you on this first Friday of January 2016. We are so excited to be going into yet another calendar year of doing the Speaking For Him podcast and God willing, it will be an even better year than it was last year, which last year will be hard to top. We had some really good highlights. You know, we saw, I, I got to interview Wally. I got to interview Sarah Blair, the youngest legislator in in uh, U.S. history, uh, who is just a dynamite presence there in West Virginia. So I'm really excited to see what God has in store for the coming year for Speaking for Him. But today's show, we are going to continue our series of what we have in Christ. Now, we started this a while back, uh, and it's been a while since we approached the topic, but we're back. So today we're going to talk about what it means to be saved by Christ. And before we dig in, Adam has a quote of the day. The thief had nails through both hands so that he could not work, and a nail through each foot so that he could not run errands for the Lord. He could not lift a hand or a foot toward his salvation, and yet Christ offered him the gift of God, and he took it. Christ threw him in a threw him a passport and took him into paradise. That is from D.L. Moody. All right, well, we're just going to uh, discuss a few areas. I'm not going to say the number because I'm not good at math, but... Uh, <laughs> There, right here. Um, and the first aspect that we're going to discuss is we have been saved. And um, Adam, could you read the both the verses that are under that heading? First one comes from Ephesians two verses eight through nine. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves; it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man. Should boast. And second one here comes from Titus two eleven, for the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. All right, and we just came off of the Christmas uh, season, and really that's a lot of what the Christmas season is about that that God came to bring us salvation, and uh, so and we see from this passage that um, the salvation is a gift from God. I, when I trusted Christ as a young man. Um, I received the gift of salvation from God. There was nothing I could do uh, to be worthy of it, um, but he gave it to me as a free gift, and he offers it to whosoever will choose him. And uh, I'm just grateful that it doesn't rely on me because I would probably uh, in some way or form mess it up. But God um, offered me uh, this um, grace through faith, to get salvation. And, and the interesting thing, when you think about the wording of this verse, it says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. So there's a certain element in which even the faith to believe in Jesus Christ doesn't come from you. Uh, you know, I think it comes back to that passage where uh, Jesus says, No one comes to the Father, uh, or no one comes to me except the Father draws him. Um, so there's been a, an age-old debate about whether you choose or whether you're predestined to be saved and i think that the the right answer is somewhere in the middle where we make a personal decision personal decision is important it's imperative 
but God definitely has a say in that process, and he reveals himself to us, and when we surrender, then he comes in and starts the process. And so, Adam, do you have any thoughts? I, I really like where in Titus it says, you know, God brought salvation and brings salvation for, for all men. So that verse really hits me thinking that, you know, it's, it's not just for, for you or, or, or you at that church or you in this area of the world. It, it's for everybody. You know, God didn't just come just to selectively pick his um, certain crops from the garden and then walk away. That he, he, he died and gave his only son like we've celebrated here in this Christmas season for, for all men. So be reminded, you listening, that you, you are in that group. You are part of all men. That is so, that is so exciting because um, anytime we start to, to, to be, feel exclusionary, uh, we can, uh, we can, uh, we can remember this verse. I remember as a really young kid, um, I grew up going to the Baptist church, and I used to think that Baptists were the only people that were right because John the Baptist was in the Bible. <laughs> and of course, as I grew older, I realized that um, that wasn't exactly what that meant. But it's just so exciting to see that anyone who truly trusts Jesus Christ by faith for their salvation can be included in that. All right, so the, the, the second aspect, uh, because there's basically three aspects that we're covering today. The second aspect is that we are being saved. Adam, could you read the verses under that? First one from Philippians 1.6 says, Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform, will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. And secondly here, out of Romans 8, Verses 28 through 29. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. All right. So this aspect deals with the fact that we, we have been saved. Salvation is a one-time occurrence. But then God works in our lives. Uh, to continue a lifelong journey. It's the start of a process. And he says in Philippians 1.6 that if I started the process in you, Paul is saying if God started the process in you, that he'll complete it. And he has, he has a goal in mind for you. Sometimes uh, when, we, when we're walking through this life, it, we can feel like it's kind of aimless, like there's not a whole lot going on. But um, this gives me encouragement that... God always has a plan. And then um, the second verse here, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to his purpose. Um, if we stop there, and we often do, Romans eight twenty eight is is an often quoted passage, and it's, it, it's justifiably so. But if we stop there, we may think, well, God should work out something amazing according to what I think amazing is. Yeah. And that's what this verse means. And if it doesn't happen, then this verse is kind of crazy and screwy. But when we read it in context with the second verse here, which says, For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren, we, we see that the way to have success and the way to have things work out for good is to trust Christ, and that the idea of it working out for good is for us to be conformed to be like Jesus. And often people will say, well, God doesn't want you to suffer. 
you know, I, I have a lot of uh, respect for my charismatic brethren. But this is one area where I have some serious uh, issues with them sometimes. Is the fact that they, they'll say, well, God doesn't want you to suffer. Any suffering is because you're not right with him or, or something is going wrong that you need to correct. But think about this. Jesus suffered. Jesus, the perfect son of God, suffered. He suffered for us so that we could have salvation. And he suffered with joy, knowing that the end result was going to be that God was going to work out salvation for all of mankind if they would just receive it. So how can we, as the imperfect uh, people that we are, assume that we're not going to have suffering? We need to take the good with the bad we need to realize, Job said it best. He said, should I accept good from God and not evil? Mm-hmm. Think about all the stuff that Job had taken away from him, and yet he still blessed God. And I just want to clarify here that I'm not ragging on uh, my charismatic or Pentecostal brothers. I love you, but I know in my personal life that the suffering that I've gone through has been to make me a better Christian and a better man. And so I have seen... Through my life, the suffering has been used for good in my life. And understanding Romans 8.29 gives a greater clarity to Romans 8.28. Adam, do you have any thoughts? So guilty of doing that to God where I, I try and you know follow what he says or where I, I know he's guiding me, but I try and do it on my own timetable or on my own schedule. And sometimes, especially with the new year kicking off here, if you've been maybe suffering or going through a lot of waiting for something, it can be discouraging because you're like, all right, when is this uh, show going to get in the road? You know, when's the bus going to take off from the station? But (laughs) it's saying here in these verses that God does have a plan for you. And not only that, but you're in that plan right now. It's happening. I remember it took me a few years to get that down where I'm always waiting for this big moment or this, this big dream thing to happen. And it's like, well, wait a minute. I'm, I'm living in his plan right now. It's happening. So keep in mind that God has a plan for you that's happening right now. And whether you're waiting or, or you've been struggling for a while and you're hoping, okay, I hope this is the year that this thing happens, just keep in mind that it's it's on God's timetable and that he does have a, a perfect plan that will eventually unveil itself. And uh, again, I think the key to understanding that, and even for me, I mean, I struggle with this too, is that it's not going to usually take the form that we expect it to. Um, There are some things about God that we won't know until we get to heaven. You know, God never has a time in the book of Job where he lays out to Job, hey, this is what I did, and this is why I did it. As far as we know, Job never finds out this side of heaven why that all happened to him. Mm -hmm. But I'm sure now, standing in God's presence, Job knows a lot of that stuff that he didn't know then. And we have the same hope. And that brings us to our third point, perfect segue, into this point about being saved that we will be saved. We, we've we talked about that we have been saved for all eternity because of our decision to follow Christ. We've talked about how God is, in a sense, saving us day by day, keeping us safe, um, conforming us to his image. And now we're talking about how we will be saved. Adam, could you read the Two verses under that. First one here comes from 1 John verses 2 through 3 from chapter 2. Beloved, now we are the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear 
but we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself even as he as pure. And our final verses of the podcast today comes from 1 Corinthians 15, verses 53 through 55. For this corruptible must be must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall put on immortality, then, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? Okay, and this is the really exciting part here. Because as we go throughout our lives, our feet get dirty, spiritually speaking. We don't always make the best decisions. Sometimes we get upset with people around us. Maybe we break the speed limit from time to time on the highway. (laughs) Maybe we resent um, riding behind that slow senior driver that's just keeping us from our schedule. Maybe we're mad at our brother or sister or we're upset with our kids. Those things happen. And God is there to, uh, to hear our cries when we cry for repentance. First John 1 John 1.9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But there is coming a day when we will be pure for all eternity when we will be in perfection. This first verse talks about how when, when in first John uh, chapter two, verses two and three, it talks about how when we see him, we will be like him and we will see him as he is right now. We, we see him through the lens of the Bible and we understand certain things. We'll understand all the things we don't understand now, which is super exciting. And then this last verse talks about how, our corruptible bodies are going to be incorruptible. We're going to get new bodies. I sometimes say that I have a, you know, a six four body waiting up there. <laughs> I spent my life as a shorty, and I definitely have sneakers waiting up there for me to strap on and do some running. <laughs> um, I'll be I'll be there to challenge you, Adam. Uh, <laughs> Boy, if you're six four, I have a lot of training well, to do. More, <laughs> more do it. But I I don't know about the six four thing, but I do know that there will be no wheelchairs in heaven and that my glorified body will be far better than this shell that God has placed me in for this temporary time known as human life. But even in this shell, this painful shell at times, I can still glorify God and I can be thankful that in the midst of my infirmity, God is there and he is strong. And so I'm very much looking forward to when death dies forever you know, every time I say goodbye to a friend here on earth and I go to a funeral, I grieve. Um, I grieve with hope. And I also ask God often, you know, Lord, how many more of these do I have to go to mm-hmm. before you come? Because then there won't be any more. And I'm really looking forward to that. Adam, do you have any thoughts? Definitely hope, especially in those last couple of verses, because sometimes you can get the mindset that you know there's eternity but sometimes you, you you feel like after you you die, you know that's that's eternity. But really, death itself is is very short. It's just a quick passing, and then you're on to the to the next thing. So I love how it's we're touching on giving hope, and I like how you said grieve with hope, 
Because a lot of times we can, you know, we can grieve so hard that we we get that mindset of, oh, that's it. Because you get the busyness of life and your schedule down, and you just you don't think about it. But the the hope that is to come is something that can keep anybody going. Because like you mentioned, you know, one day that there won't be wheelchairs in heaven. There there won't be. Uh, wars or, or you know bird flu or whatever else is is going on out there presidential debates yes i put that out there all that will not be <laughs> happening in heaven and to know that that is to come one day and that hope is there uh what a, what a blessing that is to, to just keep in mind because sometimes you can you know it's there but you just you, you get kind of um what's a good word you kind of look warm about it just because daily life gets so busy and you're like oh i have this much more amazing eternity to come Oh, absolutely. Um, and I'm reminded of another thing Paul said when he said, the things that are seen are temporal and the things that are not seen are eternal. Um, and we sometimes think of this earth as, as the best we we can get because it's the only thing we've seen. Yeah. But God said, I has not seen, nor has ear heard, nor has entered into the heart of man, what God has prepared for those that love him. And just to think about that and to be like, okay, God, you have something amazing planned for me. And, and, you know, there are amazing things here on earth. I love my family. I love my friends. I love being able to come in here and, and talk to the guys here at the radio station uh, about our shared passion and, and then getting to work with you on the podcast. Those are great things. Yeah. Those are great things to, uh, to break up the monotony of our sojourn, you know. But the reality is that God has greater things for us than we can even comprehend right now because we have finite minds. Uh when we're, when the finite mind is gone, I can only imagine how great it's going to be. I'm excited, and I hope that this podcast has given you some things to think about and has given you some encouragement on your journey as you contemplate different aspects of salvation. I hope that if you, this has encouraged you, that you will share this with friends so that more people can can hear about this, and we have a few more segments of this series to come later on in the year. And so um, I hope that you will stay tuned with us. If you have any ideas on how we can make this podcast better or any ideas on podcasts we should do, uh, movie reviews, people we should interview, anything like that, uh, feel free to contact us with the contact information that's about to roll at the end of the show. Well, that's all I have now, but we have officially kicked off 2016, and we look forward to the great things to come. For now, this is Andrew Gomison saying, keep serving. The best of masters. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Your host has been Andrew Gomison, founder of Speaking for Him, alongside his co-host and executive producer, Adam McNutt. For more information on today's show and to leave us comments and voicemails, visit speakingforhim.blogspot.com. You can find Andrew's ministry at speakingforhim.com. That's speaking, the number four, H-I-M. You can also interact with us at facebook.com slash speakingforhim and on Twitter at speakingforhim. And when you look for us on iTunes and Stitcher, let us know what you think of the podcast by leaving a rating and review. 